0: Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Hero Podcast. I'm your host, Real Quinn. think on this Monday, November 27th, 2023, we are less than a month away from Christmas. And, you know, soon 2023 will be over, if you believe that. Just think about that. Man, it's, you know, it kind of just hit me list, you know, not too long, just after this weekend, with the you know with this holiday coming past with Thanksgiving asking that yeah December here December is absolutely here, um big podcast for you um again we're back with the NFL podcast didn't do one last week of course with Thanksgiving holiday uh, but I'm happy to be back with you um um to discuss the world of sports in, in terms of the NFL. And also we'll get into a hip hop a little bit. You gotta get caught up on some things that uh we discussed that happened over the course of uh the week the weekend, the week before we went into a break. Uh if you had if you're unfortunate to have a break, I was so sorry if you did. Um teams for the week for the NFL, the Green rising to the top. You saw some of the top teams, Dallas. Excuse me. What well, did I say? Dallas is a top team. They're not a top team. Baltimore, San Francisco, Kansas City. Those teams really kind of separate themselves as far as getting, you know, restoring order uh, amongst in the NFL. When you had a couple of weeks where, you know, a couple of teams were, were, were falling, uh, some of the big teams were struggling. But, you know, those teams kind of restored order. Fair enough, it continues to roll. We'll have plenty on them. So to me, the cream rising to the top is the uh, theme of this particular NFL week, uh, week 12 that, you know, amazingly it will be in the week 13 next week with the NFL. All the thoughts. Um, sometimes you win even when you lose. Uh, now, Buffalo fans are not, like, so to my Buffalo fans, I totally understand if you think that, that that's bullshit. And you're not into more victories at six and six. This is the worst record that your team has had uh in the Josh Allen, Sean McDermott era. I get it. I get it. I, I listen, I can't debate you. I'm not gonna debate you. This it's your team. You know Buffalo better than I do, even though I've watched a lot of Bills this season. I've watched probably as much Buffalo Bills as any other team outside of the team that um that I claim to root for. In the in the uh, Washington, in uh, the DMV, well, Washington, in uh, DC. Um, so I get it. I get the fact that you don't want to hit out moral victory, but the NFL is a funny place. Like you could win a game and have some bad things happen in that game, as far as habits that can lead you in right into a two or three game losing streak. You can lose a game, do some things well, and that can lead you into a three or four, five-game winning streak. I've seen it happen many a times over the course of my life, over the course of all the years I've been watching the NFL. Buffalo Falls to Philadelphia, 37-34, in one of the, frankly, one of the best games. Now, it clearly was the best game of the weekend. Excuse me, best game of the weekend. But the best game, maybe one of the best top games of 2023, to be honest with you. Uh, after halftime, this was absolutely a high-level game. Now, you're going to say Buffalo had a million penalties, Philly had a couple early turnovers. Okay. That was more of a case, I think, of, you know, how talented these two teams are, despite some of the injuries that they had. Um, Buffalo, Frank, I thought Buffalo outplayed Philadelphia. Like, they outgained them uh, well over 100 yards. This is a game that Buffalo, to me, clearly should have won. Uh, they had 505 yards of offense. You you should not lose a game where you score 34 points and have 505 yards of offense. They left points on the board. They easily could have had, should have put 40 to 45 points on the board. Josh Allen had over 400 yards of offense himself. The interception he threw was inexcusable. That was a big play in the game. which completely shifted the tenor of that game. You are up 24-21, playing well offensively in a nice rhythm. Philadelphia has had trouble stopping you. And you throw an interception. Next thing you know, Philadelphia, they, you know, they go up 38, excuse me, 28, 21. And after that, you're you're in an absolute dogfight when Buffalo, for the most part, was in was in control of this game. Um but I saw some things out of Buffalo. Now, again, the Interception was inexcusable. Uh, the game should have been over in overtime with the Gabe, the, the Gabe Davis. I don't know, if the signals got caught between him and Allen. That's again I, you know, that's a situation where I, I put that on I put that on Gabe Davis because you gotta like you gotta see where the open field is at. Like fit like the Josh Allen just did have did not have time to throw the ball where Gabe Davis thought. Where Gabe Davis is running, the ball was clearly thrown towards the middle, and the middle was wide open. That was like a very zero coverage. Uh, it was a blue line zero coverage. It doesn't. They came. Philadelphia came with a lot of people. It wasn't all. It wasn't a all out zero coverage because there was still uh, a safety in the middle, somewhat. So I've, I've seen zero. we've seen zero coverage where there's nobody, no safeties to be found because everybody's coming at coming at the quarterback. It was basically as close as you can have come to it being zero coverage. The point is, there was a wide the middle of the field was wide open. That should have been a touchdown. The game should have been over. Period. What I like from Buffalo was the fight. Um, they ran the ball. This is the thing. They ran the ball now, minus the Josh Allen yards. Right, he had eighty-one yards rushing. He was dynamic yesterday. He, I mean, he was a he played like a top-five quarterback yesterday. Uh, without question, minus his yards, they ran 31 times for 92 yards. Not great as far as yards per carry, but the attempts are huge. That means you're committed to running the football. And 92 yards is 92 yards because against a uh, Philadelphia defense, uh, against a Philadelphia defense that is leaking oil right now, to be honest with you. But 92 yards is still 92 yards. It's more about the attempts, the physicality that Buffalo had been lacking. Over the last over the last month, especially offensively, they finally had an identity. And that to me, when I've seen Buffalo successful offensively, they've had, you know, success running the football. They've had outside Josh Allen. That's been a constant. Uh, for whatever reason they don't go to that and again i listen you want to you talk about the offensive line you can talk about don't have a dynamic running game but when you have a quarterback that can run like josh allen when you have weapons on the outside that they have there's no excuse for you not to have a consistent running game but again we we've been through that a million times as far as this team lacking an offensive identity we're not going to beat that horse that dead horse this week on this week's pod, podcast but i like what i saw out buffalo to end this game i the buffalo Again, when they are at their best, when they are prof- when they are at their best, they can play with anybody. They can play with anybody. The problem is, the defense is not what it wants, what it what, what it has been the past couple of years, and they still make way too many mental mistakes. You can't have against against the uh, the best team in the league. You can't have ten penalties for seventy five yards in a row. That's not like ten. You know, they basically go it was close to one hundred yards, which is basically like the equivalent of seven points, but ten penalties. Penalties is way too many penalties. It's just too many. And, you know, against the Philadelphia team that frankly is in the midst of one of the great two season runs, regular season that we've seen in a long time. Philadelphia in his last 29 games, okay, their record is 25 and four. To put that in perspective, you're got you looking at – there have been some runs in the NFL history in, in the last 25 to 30 years. San Francisco, 89, 90, back-to-back Super Bowl champions. They were 28-4. New England, 2003, 03, 04, 28-4. They were back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Um, that is – that list is, you know, Bears, 85, 86, won one Super Bowl with 23-9, and 29-3. The Bears had a run from like 85 to like 88. And I didn't I didn't add 85, 87 and 88, but they're I mean they're like 12 and 4. <laughs> they were between 15 and 1 and 12 and 4, like for like four straight years. It like it really needs to kind of be reexamined examined as far as Probably you want to make a case that they should have won more than one Super Bowl, but, you know, you had the Giants, Washington, and that's when the NFC was absolutely loaded. Like, San Francisco, Washington, New York Giants were a powerhouse team. So, maybe not quite fair. I'm trying to think of, the, you know, those years. The 88, San Francisco was, it was a dominant team. 87, Washington, they lost that that game uh, to, to, to that Washington team. That was a strike short, short season. 86, Giants were a great team. So, maybe not, like, I'm not saying the Bears underachieved, but they had a, they won a lot of regular season games, so only have one Super Bowl. But again, that's what the NFC was absolutely filled with basically superpowers. And they went on that, what, that 12 year run, a 14 year run where they would just dominate the NFC, dominate the AFC in the Super Bowl. But they had a great, they had a run 29 and three from 85, 86. Um, so what you are watching in real time with the Philadelphia Eagles is something special it can't be understated now listen we can you, can you can listen you can nitpick all you want um if you if you're a Philadelphia fan if you're a fan if you're looking just to not Philadelphia like so Philadelphia's team right now they're leaking oil defensively versus last year defensively the offensively they're around the about the same. Maybe not scoring as many points, but they, you know, the yards and stuff, it's roughly the same. Jalen Hurts is, is, to me, what uh, is going to win, should win MVP in my opinion. Um, he just makes plays at the, at the biggest moments, even if he's not. Pl- the thing about you love about Jalen Hurts is he could turn it on. He he could turn it on at any time. He could not be playing well for a quarter, for a half, and all of a sudden, boom, key throw down run, or he he throws a touchdown pass. Yesterday, that, like I said, only a handful of quarterbacks to make that pass. He made a pass yesterday, running to his right, uh, or maybe running to his running to his left. That again, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, maybe three or four quarterbacks in the league could make that throw. He made it. So their run, the run, that this run that they're on should absolutely be appreciated and should not be taken for granted if you're a Philadelphia fan. You go twenty five and four in a twenty nine game span. That is not a short sample uh in terms of NFL. That's, a, that's a, well over a year and some and, and then some. We are more than halfway past we have more than we are in the fourth quarter of the season in essence. Like they played, you know, Philadelphia is um Philadelphia is ten and one uh with a bye coming up this week. So, you know, or coming—excuse me—coming off a of buy, uh, they're, they're coming off a of buy, and this again, this run that they're on is a—it's it's historic. That's all there is to it. You not you don't see runs like this in today's NFL with the amount of parity and the, the turnover from year to year with these franchises, and roster, coaches, uh, general manager, upper management, what have you. You just don't see this. Now, again, if you want to nitpick, you know, they've had to come back in four straight games. They're being outgained by well over 100 yards. Uh, the defense this year ranks 20th in points and 19th in yards. Last year, they were both – they were within top five in both those categories, if not higher. They definitely were top ten, maybe even top five in both those categories, points allowed and yards allowed. Defense was much better last year. That's why they point differential. retro – Last year was substantially better. It's just it's worse this year because their defense is just not as good. So, but the bottom line is all of these teams at the top are flawed. All of them: Kansas City, Baltimore, Miami, San Francisco. All of these teams are flawed. Period. Philadelphia is the one team out of all these teams um, that. A knows how to win, and B has enough of its personnel from last year. It, when you look at them compared to say, Kansas City, Kansas City just just does not have offensively the same level of personnel. Kelsey's a year older; the receivers are not, are not as good, or just not as talented, just not as good, uh, or have not progressed the way they thought they the way that uh, you thought they that, that they would under with under Reed and Mahomes. Philadelphia again. This is listen. Yeah, they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. Are they prohibitive? No. Could they lose the San Francisco in the NFC Championship? Absolutely. Or whenever they play if San Francisco, doesn't end up with a number two seed. Yeah, San Francisco could beat them, but there are only there are only two. To me, I'm looking at Philadelphia. There are only two teams I feel like that could beat Philadelphia. Uh, San Francisco being one of them, Kansas City is the other one. I don't think anyone else in the league is capable of beating Philadelphia, and they might only have to play one of those teams. They might not even have to play uh, Kansas City. I could see a situation where Kansas City uh, does not get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Kansas City is going to have a tough road this year uh, with how loaded the uh, AFC is. I don't see Philadelphia missing San Francisco. I, I think that that game is probably going that that game is probably going to happen in the playoffs. I think those two teams are just on an absolute collision course, as being to me heads and shoulders. Sorry Dallas, but heads and shoulders above everybody else in that conference. So I think those two teams are going to beat. But you gotta appreciate this run that Philadelphia is on right now. You do like It, it is it is spectacular. It is something that you don't see every year. It is, something, it is something to watch a team just win, just knows how to win, and they don't panic. And you got to give Sirianni all the credit in the world. The confidence, he empowers that team with those all going forward on fourth one and actually making it, making the fourth one, fourth one shorts. Like, that's become, they, they are the best in the league at that. Um, this team can win any type of way. They can win a, they can win a close defensive game. Like can, like Kansas City, that that was a very close defensive game, or they can win a shootout like they did yesterday against Buffalo. So appreciate what Philadelphia is doing right now. If you're Buffalo, is all it like. If you're Buffalo, you still have a pulse. You're not done. You're not dead yet. Now you're on, You know you, you are. They're not quite re- reading your your last rights. You know you're. I'm to say clinical condition, but you're still breathing on your own. Okay? You, you are still... There's still some blood flowing. You know? You're not on life support yet. So, again, I saw some things that maybe could lead Buffalo to doing some things that could to not just completely uh, bowing out. That's the main thing. So, that's the main thing for Buffalo overall. So everything Buffalo has had has dealt with this year with the injuries, with you know everything we talked about with the, with, with the you know philosophical differences within their uh, organization as far as you know what they want to do offensively in particular. They last night they fought and they should have won the game. So I gotta give McDermott credit from that standpoint. Having that team not, we've seen teams just completely roll over and the wheels completely come off. Teams that are underachieved had Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, the end fight started, starts out in the locker room, it starts teetering out into the media. People start leaking stuff, and it, it, the whole thing just implodes. That hasn't happened with Buffalo yet, and I, I, think, I do believe really, that, do think that you have to give McDermott credit from that standpoint. Games to note: um, Jacksonville, Houston uh, was was a very good game. Um, Again, give Jacksonville credit. Trevor Lawrence, who has not played, who hasn't played great this year, uh, he, you know, for the most part, was able to go toe-toe to with C.J. Stroud, and Jacksonville did enough to get by Houston uh, 24-21. Again, you know, even in a defeat, you just marvel at what C.J. Stroud is doing and just the level, his level of play and deploys. Like, he gets him, he gets him in a position to where – they can – or they almost, you know, had a game uh, – were in a position to kick a game-time field goal, which almost went in at 58 yards, but just came up short. Um, but Jacksonville is able to get by 24-21. And, that's, listen, that's been the Jacksonville M.O. All, all season, when these similar to Pittsburgh, they win these close games where, you know, they're not spectacular. They make enough plays. Um, they get a big defensive play, and and next thing you know, they win a three-point game or a one-possession game uh, to really, you know, have a firm grip on the uh, AFC South uh, division. Also, Denver continues a role. Uh, they handle Cleveland. Cleveland is, Cleveland does not have a quarterback. Like I don't care how historically great your defense is, and when I saw. I Listen, I saw all the numbers. You know, best since 2008, best since 2000 and so on in 10 years. I understand Cleveland is playing great defense this year. I'm not going to put them again. I'm not putting them in all that all-time great uh, category because, I mean, Denver offensively yesterday did some things against them. So that, I've seen a couple games where Cleveland defensively has been shaky. Now, when they overwhelm you, it can be like a tsunami. And they can, you could just basically not cross midfield. So they've had a couple of those games. But I I've seen people I I've seen people move the ball on move the ball in Cleveland when, uh at times to a point to a level to where I can't say that this is a historic defense. I'll say that. Uh but again, bottom lines, they didn't have a quarterback yesterday. Uh I still think Cleveland could make the playoffs. Uh, we will talk more about Denver in regards to uh stock up. Um they listen, they have completely turned their season around. You got credit from that standpoint. Um, but we'll talk more about that later about them later on in the podcast. Game of the week, uh Baltimore. Now this is the game of the week by default because the game of the real game of the week we know was in Philadelphia. That again, that might have been the game of the year. This was an interesting game. Um well not an interesting game, this was a very very physical. This is a hard game to watch, frankly. Uh, not a lot going on offensively. Again, Jack, this is a classic Baltimore grinded out, ball you physically just imposed their will on you type game. Every yard was was like hard for the for the uh Chargers. Every yard, they they only had 279 yards total offense, and they they had to earn all 279 of those yards. Um, Baltimore's defense was just all over the place. They suffocated Justin Herbert. Um, they allowed they basically charges could not could not run the ball. Chargers have a very good opposite line, um, and Baltimore just took it to them physically. Uh, Lamar Jackson was was okay. Uh they ran the ball, Baltimore ran the ball and they just physically just mauled the LA Chargers. And there was nothing the Chargers could do about it. Just nothing. Even in a game with Justin Kick, Justin Tucker, who never misses. I mean, never misses, especially inside fifty yards. He misses a kick. You're thinking you're thinking yourself, Oh, maybe maybe you know Baltimore has something there. Maybe you, maybe the Chargers can pull this one off. No, no, no. Brandon Staley is going to be fired. There's no two ways about it. That team, this team, the Chargers, is not making the playoffs. Uh, Baltimore keeps himself alive for a, a uh, for a possible a uh, possible number one seed in the AFC, which will, which will be vital for them. And I'll, I'll explain why later. Uh, but again, give Baltimore credit winning a game. against a talented Chargers team on the road. Easy to fall asleep at the wheel, going against a team that you know that you're clearly better than, or as we embark on this stretch drive of the NFL season. But they went in there absolutely and handled their business and and, and got home and went back to Baltimore with uh, with the win on a night where again, uh, Lamar Jackson was not bad, but you know, Destrian uh, as he had like oh, yes, he had a workman like performance. Who won the week? Uh, if you're a fan of college football, you won the week. Um, there were a number of great rivalry, rivalry, rivalry week games. All these teams, you know, you had a classic with Michigan Hall State. I didn't listen. The non-call, the touchdown call to make it fourteen-three, could have went either way, uh, whether or not he had possession and the, the guy actually took the ball from him before he had before he crossed the plane. I think. When I first saw it, that he crossed the plane. Like, once you cross the plane, uh, that's it uh, in essence. Um, so, that again, that was a tough break. Tough That was a big call in that game. Tough break for Ohio State. Those things happened. They were not going to overturn that call, especially when they ruled their touchdown on the field, and especially in Michigan. Uh, Ohio State still had a chance, had the ball up, down by six. Michigan's defense makes the play. Michigan will be playing for the Big Ten championship, and in all likelihood, uh their playoff spot with that victory. Ohio State, of course, is going to need some help. Uh, again, a number of close, closely contested rivalry games. Georgia surviving Georgia Tech by only, you know, 31-23. The Alabama Auburn was a classic, classic uh, classic game from an ending standpoint, another great ending in that, in that, his, in that historic rivalry. Uh, of course you had to pick the kick six in 2013, which is amazing, it's unbelievable. That's, that was 10 years ago. I mean, 10 that, like, my goodness, uh, it seems like that just happened a couple of years ago with that, you know, that famous Vern Lundquist call on CBS. Um, fourth and 31, and Moreau throws a BB for a touchdown. Is it like as well as you, you, like you can't throw a better pass in the corner of the, of the end zone. That was a dime that he threw, and just, I mean, the fourth <laughs> one of the most one of the most ridiculous fourth down conversions that you will ever that you will see in college or pro. I, you know, I thought about the fourth and twenty six way back when, about twenty years ago, when the Eagles were playing the Packers. Freddie Mitchell, and he makes the catch to save the to to uh, extend it, the game, and they end up kicking a, a game time field goal and, to put it in overtime in Philadelphia, of course courtesy of a Brett Favre interception, uh, won that game in overtime, but I, man, fourth and 31 with, and that was it that, you know, they, anything that, you know, they don't score a touchdown basically is, is the game's over in essence. But, uh, again, that, that, that was indicative the day Washington survived a close game against, against Washington state. Um, I'm not going to count the Florida State game because they don't have their quarterback. We knew that was going to be a tough game. Give Florida State credit for on the road and being down early when they were not playing well to gut gut that win out, put themselves in a position where they could be in the playoffs with a win over Louisville in the ACC championship. Um, As far as the big picture with the college football, here's the thing. Georgia, to me, I can't see – like, Georgia, regardless of what happens against Alabama and SEC Championship, I think Georgia Georgia will be in the playoffs. Like, I can't see a one-loss Georgia team who won a regular season championship and who are the two-time defending champions not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. I just can't see it. There's going to be at least one SEC SEC team in the playoffs, in the playoffs if not two. Okay. So, they control their own destiny. Michigan will be in, I think, regardless. Florida State. And Washington need to win, but they've all but all four those teams in essence controls their own destiny. The question is going to be: Texas, Alabama. Uh, if Oregon wins, Oregon will replace Washington, so that they have So that's that's going to be that's going you know that's going to be situation with them. But Texas, Alabama, Ohio State. So, Ohio State dropped to six. Texas is seven Alabama' is eight. all of them have one loss. Alabama lost to Texas earlier this year back in September but but Alabama is by far out of all those out of all those three out of, out of those teams Alabama easily is playing the best football and to me has probably the best resume since you know they beat LSU uh Mississippi they have some uh, they have some very quality wins in the SC, within the SEC. That Kentucky wins gonna look better now considering what Kentucky did to Louisville. Um, but they need some help in regards to they probably need Texas to lose. Like I see I can see them jumping Alabama, jumping Ohio State. Uh, but especially if, again, this is saying you know, this is this is uh, assuming that they beat Georgia, which of course is a major is a big assumption considering that uh, Georgia broke the SEC record for most of our consecutive wins at 29. But I again it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be very interesting if you have a situation where Florida State loses if Florida State loses in essence they're they're about let's see you have about 6 teams buying for four, four spots. So how you know you have Mid, Ohio, you have uh, Georgia, Michigan, what Georgia Michigan, Washington, Florida State, um Texas, Alabama, Ohio State. Now and also of course Oregon as well. So maybe that, that's seven. We again, we know the winner. the The Washington Oregon game is an elimination game. The losers, the winners in losers done. We understand that. Again, that Georgia Alabama. I, I again, I we know how politics works in this, in this thing. We know how this thing could possibly set up. I again you. You're talking about a possibility of having a playoff with Georgia, Michigan. Alabama and either Oregon or Washington. Um, that's what, that, that would be difficult to turn down in terms of if you if you're in the NCAA. Now again, Texas is a big big name as well, and you know they they're gonna bring fans, but Texas is not Alabama. Just not. And the SEC is still the SEC. So again, you're gonna. I'm going to have a hard time even despite what happened earlier this season keeping Alabama out the playoffs i believe if they beat if they beat georgia I, i'm just telling you that right now a 12-1 alabama team not making the playoffs i i, I believe it when i see it i don't I, I just don't see it like i don't see i don't see a 12-1 alabama team not being in the playoffs i don't despite what happened in september with, with texas again I I think two spot I think there are two spots and that's there really there is one spot open because I think Ohio State I think Michigan I think uh Georgia Michigan or virtual locks and Oregon Washington are playing for a spot and then you know you'll see what happens with float with, with Florida State if Florida State loses uh if Florida state loses I think they will there's really only one spot that's uh, that's open But, regardless, this was a tremendous week weekend, uh, in particular um, Saturday uh, of college football. The NFL stretch run. So, what I did is I looked at the most important games down the stretch. One of the most important games of the NFL season that are remaining of the NFL season went by week. I would say week 13 is – Philadelphia San Francisco Philadelphia San Francisco loses this game the home field home field is over to be from that standpoint for them they will not get home field um if they lose this game so that's how big this game is uh for, uh, for them to uh they need this game uh to have any chance at our at, uh, at home field They are already two games behind Philadelphia in the loss column uh another game this will make it three if they lose and that would be it um Dallas, Philadelphia uh next week uh or the following week that's going to be in essence for the division Philadelphia wins that uh the divisions over to me even regardless of what happens with San Francisco Baltimore Jacksonville again that you know and I'm gonna pull up these standings because the AFC is an absolute logjam. but that's going to be that is going to be uh of course a battle for home field for AFC for the AFC that being weak 15, Baltimore, San Francisco week 16, again, Baltimore and San Francisco could be, both, both of those teams could be in the mix for for uh, home field advantage. Miami, Baltimore, the following week, again, same difference, same story. They could be in buying for home field advantage and division, everything uh, from that standpoint. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Miami. So if you get <laughs> Pittsburgh, Baltimore could be for the division, and Buffalo Miami could be for, uh, for could be could be for a division and possible playoff spot. Who knows? Uh, I understand that. Well, that could be for Buffalo. uh that, that not that particular game in terms of Buffalo being able to catch Miami. Let me rephrase that. I, Buffalo's not going to catch Miami for that division. I, I don't see that happening. But that could be for Miami for home field and Buffalo uh, fighting for a, a possible uh, last last playoff spot. So you look at that, you have Baltimore one, two, three, four times in the next what, seven weeks or six weeks. Twelve, yeah, there's six more weeks left in the NFL season. Four games. Baltimore is gonna it is gonna be very difficult for Baltimore to uh get home field advantage. That schedule, I mean, that is a That is a murderer's role for a schedule. Um, And I also, and again, I also question even if they do get home field advantage, how much gas they're going to have left in the tank going to the playoffs. That's a lot of tough football down the stretch that they're going to have to play. I understand they're a physical team and what have you, and well conditioned. That is, that, you know, sometimes going to the playoffs is about the team who is the healthiest and hasn't played this gauntlet of a schedule. Um, it's, it's, again, they're gonna need, they're actually gonna need a week off to buy. Like, they don't get if they, with that schedule and they don't get a bye week, that's gonna be, that's gonna be tough sledding for them to make any, to do anything serious in the playoffs with that schedule and with how much, how much energy they're gonna have to put out just to fighting for that lad, fighting for that, uh, home field advantage. Now, as it stands right now, Baltimore. Is a half game ahead of Kansas City. They played more games. Uh, they will have a bye actually this week. They're going to have a bye. Now, good thing, good news for Baltimore is they do, they have a stretch where they only have one game in twenty three days. That's the good news. So maybe that kind of that will kind of withstand how brutal the schedule is. So yeah, Baltimore as a top spot right now. Kansas City, Jacksonville, and Miami are all eight and three. Uh Pittsburgh, Cleveland are five and six. And the last spot right now at the number seven spot is Indianapolis, six and five. That's why that, that Buffalo game loss was huge. Buffalo would have jumped Indianapolis and been uh seven and five had they won that game and only a half game behind Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Okay. So that that was a just a ginormous loss for uh, for the Bills on so many levels. So again, Houston, like you got Houston and six and five, members at six and five, Buffalo's at six and six in tenth place. Kansas City, everybody else beyond as is, is finished. So in essence, you have ten you have ten teams buying for seven spots in the AFC. And the AFC only really only one game in a loss column separates Baltimore from Cleveland. Okay. So that home for the bench is still wide up wide open. In the uh, in the AFC, as far as the AFC goes, Philadelphia again controls his own destiny. They had two games clear of San Francisco and Dallas. After that, I mean, the playoff picture. Listen, Seattle, Green Bay. That was a again. That was a big win for Green Bay against uh, Thanksgiving. That really was the highlight of Thanksgiving. Um, listen, we know Detroit is not on that level yet. They showed their they showed their youth or they're experiencing big games, losing. You can't lose the Green Bay at home on Thanksgiving Day and expect me to take you serious as a, as a possible Super Bowl contender. But we already knew that coming into the game. Um, so Seattle's at 6-5. and five. Minnesota's at 6-5 and five. as we speak. They're playing on Monday night. They were losing last time. I checked. I think they were down 6-3. Um... Well, now they're actually up 10-9. So let's say that score holds, and Minnesota is able to hold on. They will um, pull up the schedule, not schedule, but the standings. Minnesota would go to 7-5 and, and be, like, by themselves in the uh in that number uh six spot. um At 7-5, Seattle's at 6-5. Again, Green Bay, the Rams are still, and New Orleans is still kind of hanging around. Everybody else, you know, forget about it. It's everybody else is, you know, uh, Nine factors. Again, you know, Dallas is going to have to win in order that they have any chance at the home field. Dallas is going to have to uh, be, is going to have to take out Philadelphia in that next game. So, but I, I really find, I I don't see a scenario where Philadelphia does not get home field advantage. I really don't. I don't think San Francisco or that. I don't think San Francisco, Dallas or Detroit are going to catch uh, Philadelphia. So, AFC is really all over the place as far as home field. NFC, not so much. It's more about positioning with the NFC. Um, Detroit probably is more than likely going to win that division. Uh, the NFC North, again, is a wide, NFC South is wide open with Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay still in the mix as well. That, that division is absolutely wide open. Everybody except Carolina has a chance to, to win that division. And the NFC West, um, San Francisco is going, to win, is going to win that division. They They, they, shut the door on Seattle with that, you know, with that beat down on Christmas day. So the, the divisions basically are done with the exception of the South. Um, uh, for the most part, Dallas still has a slight chance, but you know, Philadelphia sort of is, is in the driver's seat as far as that, as far as home field. And I think, you know, Lane Johnson was out yesterday. They're going to need home field because they, you know, they, they, you know, the, the kind of, to go through the kind of stress they've gone through the last year and a half, uh, Going to the Super Bowl, playing you no, know, playing late to January, They're playing at the level they're going to play at. You, you, they're going to need a break. Uh they're going to need one game, all uh, a week off following of the season, just to catch their breath. So, I think they end up they will get home field advantage, um, and everybody else. Again, we'll see what it looks like as far as positioning. AFC is what is way more interesting than AFC, frankly, right now. It really is. I mean, AFC to me is still. I still see. Is a two horse race as far as who can get to the Super Bowl. Um, in regards to San Francisco and Philadelphia, uh, as far as as far as teams that can win the Super Bowl, I, I still say that number is I would say three. I'm not again. I should be more so on Baltimore. I'm not. All, I'm not all the way there with Baltimore. To be honest with you, I'm not all. I'm, I'm almost there. But I'm not quite there. So I would say Philadelphia, San Francisco, Kansas City, those are the three teams that can win a Super Bowl. And Baltimore is a, is a possible. I'm, again, I'm not quite all the way there with them. Stock up, stock down, stock up. You have to give Denver a lot of credit, five straight wins. Um, As bad as they look, the first half of the season, they are playing almost equally as well. And again, I don't think Denver's a factor if they make the playoffs. I just don't. Uh, they've beaten up on some some teams that were either bad or headed in the wrong direction. Put tell you that way. So I'm not fooled. I'm not, you know I'm you know they call it a, a nice part of the schedule, and I'm not fooled by this. They're saying, oh, this team is gonna be you know something that you know that these upper echelon teams should worry about. No, not quite there. But again, it doesn't. It does. It, they have done enough to kind of make you forget about how the season started. So they kind of, they've kind of, you know, um, saved, saved face from that standpoint. Stock down, um, listen, I know the ratings are up for ESPN with this uh, NBA in-season tournament deal, up 55%. I, I can frankly care less. I'm not, to, like, again, I'm a basketball fan. I'm going to watch the games regardless. I'm not, don't have any extra incentive to be like, okay, it's Tuesday. Uh, who's in Toulay? Who who's clinched the uh, trip to Vegas? I, I, I'm not keeping up with this shit from that standpoint. Understand I'm not. I mean, it, it gets shoved down your throat. Sit up there trying to sell me on how important these games are. I'm just not buying it. They're not. <laughs> these games are regular. are regular season games. They're not. They're not that important. And versus what they were before this tournament started before this tournament it would ever exist. I'm sorry. And I get you know, I get what they try I get that they may is trying to, you know, so what slow the NFL train down if that's possible, which is not. But I these get you know, this tournament it's not soccer. You're not soccer. Like soccer and again, I'll be interested to see what they try to do in year two. They're not because I don't see them come back with the same system in in, in, in its exact entirety. Exact entirety. I don't see them, you know, they'll make some tweaks and try to do something with it to jazz it up, but I'm not buying. I'm just, don't have any extra incentive to watch uh, the NBA versus, you know, without this tournament, with or without this tournament. So a lot happened over hip hop. Uh, with, of course, uh, Diddy and Cassie. I'm not going to go through all of stuff, the stuff, the details of it, the article. You can read the New York Times article for yourself. What was I saying? it Was it shocking? No. Was it surprising? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit surprising how just in terms of when you went through that article and read all those details, not shocking. I shouldn't even say surprising, but it, you definitely were taken back by it, uh, considering how again how detailed it was, and you know, hip hop is, is you know on the. It, it's interesting that this happened—the 50th anniversary of hip hop—and all this come out. You see all these sexual lawsuits come out. Uh, the tire court attempt, attempt to beat that deadline on the, that, that 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 just passed November 23rd. With sexual uh, assault and what have you. you, see it, you know, number of lawsuits get dropped from all walks, like politics, entertainment, you name it. The, the bottom line about Diddy is we don't know these people. You think you know, especially now with how much transparency and just everybody just sharing is on Instagram live every five seconds and the social media just. The way social media is right now, uh compared to what it was ten, just ten years ago, fifteen or just ten years ago, not even fifteen years ago. So there's really no mystery on certain things. But the bottom line is we don't know these people. We don't. We think we don't we don't know these people. Um I can't rock with Diddy. I can't rock with it. same the reason same for the same reason I can't rock with basically R. Kelly. I just can't do it like i you respect you know his work ethic his vision his ability to you know the energy as far as you know i'll make you dance and some of the things that you know even some of his political things with or to die you know is it's not all horrible for diddy um similar to bob knight you got but this is a part of the legacy now. This is on. This is on when people think of him. Think of him in the in the totality of his life. There's there's no getting away from this. This is like the, the, the scar letter. This is a permanent stain that is on your your record in life. And when you go the route to where you start, you settle like less than twenty four hours. Then that's that speaks for itself. And I I just hope as a society, we can kind of, I don't think this is going to happen, but start focusing more on character rather than money, power, celebrity, you know, character, integrity, things that actually matter (laughs) or that should matter more. And hip hop, listen, hip hop, there's a lot of great things I like about hip hop. Hip hop has had to hold its own accountable. The problem with hip hop is there's so much money in hip hop. Uh the media, the hip hop media is an absolute joke. They're not you know, they're they're kissing Jay zs ass, they're kissing Drake's ass, they're in bed with all these guys who they want to interview or have connection with or sponsorships with sponsorships with that it's almost like there's no real pure journalism in terms of hip hop. There's not, there's not a source what, what it was and not a, there's not a vibe, uh, you know, you don't have a somebody like Fab Five Freddy, you know, Kevin Powell. That that day is long gone. It's over. That day has been gone. There's so much money in hip hop. These guys have their own platforms. They have. They don't. They Drake doesn't. You'll never see Drake on the Breakfast Club. Like right? you're never going to see Drake at answer tough questions. He doesn't have to. He just doesn't. Jay-Z was on Breakfast Club in 2013. That was, again, that's 10 years ago. That, will, that type of interview will never happen again. Any interview Jay-Z does is going to be, it's going to be coordinated. These questions, there's going to be questions that he that he basically could see coming. That is how much power that these artists have, how much influence that these, ha- that these artists have in terms of narratives and things of that nature. With that power, comes a lack of accountability that they're being held to. And you as a consumer, you as a fan, have the ability, I do as well, to hold hip-hop accountable. And, you know, you gotta, you know, we gotta get away from these narratives on terms of the violence, how we treat, how women are treated. You have to, they have to start shifting the mindset, especially of the youth, in terms of what what is the what is hip hop? What 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 is hip hop? What is hip hop really stand for? What is it hip- that, that's a question, maybe that's another question for another day, but where like what is hip hop in twenty twenty three, when you think about hip hop, what do you think about? What do you think about when you think about hip hop? Think about the money, think about the celebrity, the misogyny. You think about you know, the power, I mean, what, what is it that, what stands out in your mind about the hip hop culture right now in 2023? I think, and I think it's a legit question. I don't think it's, I I don't know if it's, 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 I don't know the answer to that right now. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. So, but hip hop absolutely has a responsibility. Um, I'm not saying hip hop is responsible to for fixing all the ills of this world. There was violence before hip hop. If hip hop ever went away, which is not anytime soon, there'll be there would be violence after hip hop. It's not the point. The point is hip hop is has made billions and billions of dollars. It's influenced millions and millions of people across the around the world, especially especially in 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 these a lot of these communities uh, of, of our boys and, and girls of color it has an absolute responsibility to hold their artists accountable it does I don't care about how many and I, by the way I don't care about how many checks you write for foundations I don't I, I don't right now it, you know in society we are at a at a point of as far as our youth goes of you know the type of influence that you have, and again, I, I hear you know I, I hear a lot of people complaining about the behavior of youth today, and you know these kids. Well, they got to get it from somewhere. I like learn it. It's not like you know kids are not born to act a certain way or to behave a certain way. They get it. They they see it at home. They see it in you know on Twitter on you know, social media, they see it, you know, they they look up to the, to, to, all of to all these hip-hop musicians, to all, most of, if not all these hip-hop artists, especially the young ones. They look up to these guys and there's too much toxic shit going on in hip-hop right now. It just is. And it has, it has to be called out and it has to be addressed. It has not been addressed to the level that it should be, period. Period, point blank. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time Enjoy the rest of your evening. So long. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.